0: KFI AM 640, Bill Carroll coming up in an hour. L.A. County's Ebola preparedness plan. I hope it's better than the one they had in Texas. Anyway, Steve Gregory is going to join us on that. He's been looking into it and have been some uh, new developments on that front. So, you know, just so you don't think it's all doom and gloom. And actually, the oil price drop, it's very interesting how it could affect the world. I don't know. Ultimately, anyone knows the answer could be good for us security could be bad could be good for world security could be bad in that it impacts on some of the people that we uh, we're not the we're not the closest friends to these days russia for example hit very hard by oil price drops iran also very tough on iran and there's an argument that the drop in oil prices these days is actually doing more to damage their economies than all of these sanctions that we've been imposing against them. Iran because of their nuclear program and Russia because of their current ambitions and bad behavior in, uh, in Ukraine. So, and the price has gone down, Prices are down about 20% on world markets since June. A couple of things are going on, increase in oil production. There's an economic slowdown in Asia and Europe. So there's less demand there. And they're saying gasoline at the current rate could sell below three bucks a gallon at the pump. In most of the United States. So, you know, when the price goes down to 3 bucks a gallon in the rest of the U.S., in California, that should take us down to about, what, 20 bucks a gallon? It's not quite that bad, but we pay, I think, the second highest gasoline prices in the country. Hawaii pays the highest, but they have to ship in all of their gasoline. Can't drive it to Hawaii. But uh, we pay a huge premium for our gas, so so it's clean. You know, that's why we have that great California air that we can breathe. Anyway, the oil glut is what? Good news? Bad news? How does it impact on the world? One of the people we're going to talk to, whose name I'm going to try to say here while I have him on hold, that won't be embarrassing at all, uh, Yavad Salahi Isfahani. Javad. Um, uh, Javad is how I say your first name. Did I get even close on the rest? Just lie to me.
1: It was very good. No, it was the rest of it was fine.
0: Yavad Salahi Isfahani yes there you go and you're an economist and an an, an iran specialist at virginia tech university so what do you see uh happening right now in iran because of the oil price drop first of all how reliant are they on selling oil around the world to uh to keep their economy going
1: they are very reliant on uh, selling oil that is the major source of foreign exchange for them although they do turn some of that oil into petrochemicals and sell that abroad as well. They get maybe about 50% of their foreign exchange from crude oil sale, another 20% from uh, products, uh, and then the rest are uh, traditional exports. So a cut in the export price of oil, uh, which would presumably also reduce the price of petrochemicals around the globe, is going to reduce their foreign exchange earnings by a substantial amount. That's going to be bad news for them.
0: Well, you would assume that they've adapted somewhat with uh, economic sanctions, putting a squeeze on them when it came to selling their oil. Anyway, is that not true?
1: It it is true. Actually, in the last two years, the sanctions have been the major problem. And uh, they had oil money that they could not spend. Uh, so they would export oil, say, to India, and they couldn't get paid for it because of the financial sanctions imposed by the West on Iran. They couldn't move any money around uh, they couldn't order parts for the automobile industry uh, they were being desperate and they had uh, a production reduction of uh, some seventy percent you know there was a lot of unemployment, all caused by the inability to turn their oil export money into imports of things they needed, so that was a sanction story, but that kind of eased when this uh, when the Geneva agreement signed last November between Iran and the five plus one the Western powers and so the economy has been m- moving upwards they had a growth rate of like four or five percent the last quarter, and they are, they were looking up but so if price of oil goes down now oil exports can become the real barrier to growth as opposed to sanctions. In other words, now that sanctions are easing uh, and oil money is drying up a little bit, uh, oil is going to become uh, the bigger uh, problem, especially if this trend continues for another few months.
0: I guess what you hope for then is that a country's economy is staggering they're going to be a bigger they're going to want to be a more active part of the world community therefore they might be more open to cooperation that should make the world a more peaceful place of course you never know how a country is going to react if you look at japan during the second world war economic sanctions oil sanctions sometimes force a country to become more aggressive and not more passive how's iran likely to react if their economy gets worse
1: Now, that is a very difficult question to answer. If anything, we have learned about Iran and about the Middle East is that it's a very unpredictable place. And uh, there are different factions in Iran that compete for political power, and some of them actually do better. When the economy is less globalized, uh, typically the conservatives are the ones who are against uh, uh, increased contact uh, with the West and globalization. And I think they are not so much uh, upset right now. In fact, uh, if uh, one scenario, which I think makes a lot of sense, is that if oil prices did drop and the current modern President Rouhani's program Of economic revival failed, the conservatives, uh, the radical conservatives, would become more powerful, and uh, the world could become a. uh, If you if you like, Iran could become less of a uh, good player in terms of uh, solving the problems in the region.
0: Hard to imagine multiple
1: problems. Yeah, so. It's, it's very difficult to say, but I, I, took your, I, I take your point, too, that uh, if they're more desperate, they might negotiate better or they might be more uh, prone to uh, concessions uh, in the negotiations on the right. nuclear front. So that uh, on that front, yes, oil, lower oil prices might make a more moderate Iran. But if I look inside the politics, the politics of the country, it could just be the reverse.
0: Yeah, we can have a similar conversation. Comp- Conversation about Russia and their reliance on selling oil around the world. But we're not going to have time for that. Uh, Put your economist hat on, though. Uh, Should I be happy or not happy living in this country with oil prices going down and gasoline prices going down? I mean, we all love to feel like we're paying less for things that we have to buy every week. That's a good thing. But when part of it is because of an economic slowdown in parts of the world, that can also be a bad thing. So which way does it cut oil prices dropping?
1: Well, the general advice economists give is that lower oil prices are good for the world economy, and especially for the U.S. economic recovery. That's coming fairly strong. uh, And I think uh, that's probably going to be the dominant uh, factor uh, in China, where they're highly dependent on oil imports. Uh, U.S. is actually less dependent on oil imports now, but still. Lower oil prices reduces the cost of production, increases uh, employment, increases demand. Consumers have more money to spend on other things. So I'd say in balance, you should be happy, except if you care about the environment, you know, always lower energy prices means uh, more uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere.
0: Thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: David Salahi Istahani. There's an Iran special and an economist talking about the world oil prices. Boy, look at the markets today, though. The Dow down about 400 points last time I looked up a half an hour or so ago. Not feeling a lot of optimism out out there about the state of the economy. A lot of that has to do with fear, Ebola, airline price, stock prices, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, all right, let's move on to something else. I don't know if you've noticed this in your life, but women are more reluctant every day, it seems, to get married. They just don't want to get married anymore. And there are six main reasons why, and I'll tell Only you those six? six reasons. Six main <laughs> reasons why. Uh, you, you've never been married, have you? I have not. So you probably have twelve reasons, maybe twenty-five, at fifty. <laughs> I don't know, hundred reasons why. Well, you you might be an active participant in this. See if any of these six ring true with you or not.
2: I'm here if you need me.
0: Because it's not. It can't be for lack of asking. You've had your offers,
2: but not from anybody I wanted to marry.
0: Well, that could be a problem. I mean, I got a few yeses in my life, too, but not from anyone. I wanted to ask.
2: Well, then why'd you ask?
0: Because I finally found someone who would say yes that I did want to ask. Plus, her vision was really bad. She can't even be corrected, Amy, to 2020.
2: There's no that LASIK was, for her, huh?
0: That was the ideal woman for me <laughs> right there. She actually talked about that. She wanted to get, before she realized she didn't even qualify, said, oh, maybe I should get LASIK surgery. I said, if no, you wait honey. till the day after we get married, I'll pay for it. Nice. But not the day before. <laughs> Figured I'd had her trapped. That probably wouldn't have stopped her. Yeah, you're not making fun of me calling myself fit fat anymore, are you, pal? I've never seen Brian actually look surprised. Got to go to your web our website and check this out. Here, here's what's been going on. Uh, people in the hallways have been running, screaming from me because they think I have Ebola. I don't think Ebola even comes with open sores. I don't think that's one of the symptoms. I think you bleed from openings that were already there. You don't just develop sores. This is, I was at the dermatologist and he he saw a couple of areas of concern. Uh, Yes, I may be the whitest human being on the planet. Look at this picture we put on the website. Look how white that skin is. That's after a summer outside. This man is not genetically programmed to survive or reproduce. I'm a walking tumor. Look at me. But I'm wearing a t-shirt today because all the areas where they cut stuff off is kind of hurting rubbing up against the shirt. So I wore a t-shirt and it's grossing everybody out. Anyway, go see if this is if you think this is deadly Ebola or what this is. What is it is pretty in disgusting. Your body. Yeah, they cut out pieces of flesh in front of my family, all three of whom almost fainted while they did it. Do you want me to lotion you up, sir? I wouldn't mind actually. <laughs> oh my God. You've been looking at the picture, haven't you? Well, I just want to help. You know, I got, can I tell you honestly? I had no idea that uh, nine months of working out that my arms were that big now. Settle down, cowboy. They Oh no, it's hot. Those guns are maybe it more is like hot. pistols. It is hot. I wish I knew how to quit you. Women are going to see that. They're going to ignore the Ebola and say, "I want this man." I, I think that the open sore adds a certain. Uh, what do they say in French? Je ne sais, quoi. Je, je ne sais quoi? A certain je ne sais quoi? You know what that phrase means? It means I don't know what. You thought it was something fancy, didn't you? That's all it means. Anyway, go check it out. Kfiam640.com. Bill Carroll Page, two R's, two L's, and one C, which stands for uh, charismatic. No? Cold sore? Can I think? Cold sore. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Do you know the name Pepper Schwartz? She's a psychologist, sociologist, something. She writes a lot of columns. And uh, I always remember the name because how many people do you know named Pepper? And oh, Wasn't there Salt and Pepper? Wasn't that a duet but i don't think that was the real name her real name is actually pepper pepper schwartz and she's written this article on cnn and it's about women who are getting married less and less frequently they wait longer to get married or they don't get married at all they just live with somebody or they have a series like amy a series of short-term monogamous relationships i don't even know how monogamous amy you don't have to answer that question that is none of my business
2: I can tell you that I am monogamous when I am in a relationship.
0: And how many relationships would you say you've had? 50? Yeah. I don't know. I've been there. I went through that, that period. <laughs> but anyway, she's she's given us six reasons why women are getting married less. And I thought we'd ask Amy to react, but more importantly, our uh, listeners, they're going to be a bit distracted looking at my incredibly muscular body uh, online. But when you're finished that. The number six, well, let's start one to six. Let's not do the usual radio countdown thing. Uh, husbands are useless. More and more women are saying, what? The guy makes less money than I do. He's a jerk. It's I don't need a husband. I'm, I'm even better off raising the child alone than having this guy to drag around with me. That's one of the reasons husbands just are not adding any value. Number two, women are more successful, which is, I think, kind of the same thing because she's saying, now, if you look at Elizabeth Taylor, who was married eight times, or Oprah Winfrey, a modern woman, for personal professional reasons, never got married. But uh, if you're a high-powered corporate attorney, you don't have to marry a high-powered corporate attorney to have a successful life.
2: Right. You don't need somebody.
0: Right. But that's the same thing. The husband is useless and you're successful. Because useless is always relative to you, right? So the hus- you're just meeting too many men who are not doing as well as you are. So why bother? Which would have ruled out men marrying women all these years. If you think about it, but uh, number three, unwilling to make traditional compromises, woman doesn't want to settle for cooking and cleaning and being the primary parent. She's not meeting guys that want to be want the kind of woman that she already is,
2: like a single, successful, independent person.
0: Number four, the marriage penalty tax. Some women are in, in an income bracket where marriage inflicts economic costs. Well, that's romantic.
2: Well, isn't it though that it costs more to file? As a married couple, than it does to file individually.
0: But it's not a reason to get div- or not get married. That's true. That's just an excuse. Also, same issue again. The woman's making money, so it's money, 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 and I don't want to cook because I'm out making money. So it's actually four. All four are money so far. Uh, number five, avoiding cheating men. She talked about being on uh, TV once time when she was in China and these beautiful Chinese TV personalities. Were single, And she said, well, why don't you want to get married? And they said, all three of them said, because they, they just knew their men would cheat on them. So they want to have some husband who has a mistress. They'd rather not bother. I don't know many women who would say that. That's the main reason I'm getting married. And number six, they're still waiting for the perfect guy.
2: Oh, the knight in shining armor.
0: Yes, the one they could fall in love and will love them back just as much. And if he doesn't come along, they'd prefer to go it alone. Women are just getting pickier. She said, uh, "Money again, money, 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 money. This does not paint a nice picture of women. This is a woman writing this article." Well, it's when
2: not. I, no, it's not. It's not bad though. It's not saying that we we don't get married because of money. It's saying that we we have our own money, so we don't feel the financial necessity to form that union.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a problem though when uh, the human race dies out because nobody got married, nobody had kids.
2: Oh, there's still sperm banks. Come on.
0: All because we. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a great way to do it. That's... <laughs> That's the, that's the best way we should raise our children, we just let science do it. 805201kfi. Why do you think women are marrying less? Cuz statistically it's just true. 53% of women over 18 are now single. 53%. 805201kfi by the way, Amy's available. Well, maybe you're not actually available for marriage or not. Look at that look. Okay, I gotta mind my own business. I it, the
3: rocks, Pepper
0: Schwartz, I'm are you playing Salt and Pepper? No? Not, no, it's uh, close, though. Our destiny's Child. I can't the tell the difference. Independent Women. We could have passed it off. Yeah, yeah. Salt and Pepper probably have a song that would have done too, actually. No, but Pepper Schwartz. Who did nothing to do with the the musical uh, duet, duo, whatever we call them. She's a professor, professor of sociology at the University of Washington, and she's written a whole bunch of books, including her latest one, which is The Normal Bar. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is she's written this article, uh, this opinion piece for CNN's website, and she's talking about why more women choose not to marry these days. Fifty-three percent, right now, fifty-three percent of American women over eighteen are single. And they're choosing not to marry for a lot of reasons, and she gave six specific ones, and all of them kind of boiled down to me to the same thing. And that is, they want a guy who makes more money than they do. Am I being too cynical about that? But that's what our useless husband, success changes everything, unwilling to make traditional compromises, the marriage penalty tax, avoiding cheating men, okay, that one's not about money. And waiting for the one, but the perfect guy... Includes fitting all of the other criteria, which includes he's got to make more money than you do. That makes me very sad. What happened to love? Is that, really, is that, you only saw dollar signs on us in the past? Very sad. 800 kfi Speaking of dollar signs, this woman has one in her name. I never understood that. Kesha. And uh, there's a story about her and her uh, music producer which is not pretty, Dr. Luke. Her attorney, Mark Garagos, is going to join us at 11.50. That's a story everybody is buzzing about today. Oh, come on. In the music business, you, no producer would ever exploit anyone that works with him. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying it's happening in this case. I'm just saying the possibility of it happening would surprise absolutely nobody. Sarah is single, and I want to know why, Sarah. What, what, do, you, do these top six categories fit you?
3: been with uh my fair share of dating and i am worried about a man cheating i don't trust really any of them and honestly i don't need a man because i own my own business i have a college degree i i have a son and i am eight months pregnant with a baby that i did in vitro because i'd rather have more kids than have a husband
0: yeah but there's a time in your life where you can't keep having kids and they all move away and It's just going to be you, Sarah, alone.
3: Well, I figure one day I'll take somebody's leftovers. When they've already figured it out, when they know what they want, they are settled and all that, maybe I'll take somebody's leftovers from the mistakes that they made earlier on in their life. Man,
0: you must have been hurt pretty badly, huh?
3: Yeah, I've I've had my fair share, but, you know, I, I don't need somebody i think that's why i okay here's what
0: on. i don't understand that so do you date right now do you what do you do for companionship sex all that stuff what do you do
3: <laughs> well right now i'm eight months pregnant so dating not right now do i date yes of course um i have relationships but honestly they just fizzle out because it. It just turned out to be a joke. Honestly, the majority of men. That you don't
0: I think have it might be lately, you though, giving off the "I don't trust anybody, I don't want to get hurt" vibe? It's pretty strong from you, Sarah. Screaming it out.
3: Give you a, a prime example. I met a guy, and six months into the relationship, I got a call from his girlfriend of nine years. Nine years.
0: Yeah. He was cheating on so, her. Well, right. I get and that, I, I but that. you know, it, you know what is what's going on with you that you don't notice he has a girlfriend for all the time that you're I dating?
3: In my own bed. So if you want to come over to my house, and you know, I have a, a kid, so I like to be comfortable in my own home. I didn't feel the need to go to his house, which in hindsight, I probably should have done.
0: Yeah, I think you should have gone for at least a little visit. But here's the thing. Uh, thank you, Sarah. I just would make a general comment because Sarah's attitude I've heard from a thousand women, but they don't, they're totally fine on their own. They don't want to be in a relationship because they don't want to get hurt. Well, if you're fine on your own, you take a chance on love because it doesn't work out. You're still fine on your own. So what's the worry here? In fact, that when people say that, it tells me you're actually not fine on your own. You're just too afraid to take a chance to get hurt again because you really, you'd rather just be in the situation you're in than have something great blow up on you. And fear is not a reason not to be in love. Hey, Doris, go ahead. You're on with Bill Carroll.
4: I was saying, basically, I wanted reciprocity and I wanted to marry up all the men that I met had less than I had. They made less money and they had—they didn't leave at the beach and have a nice home like I have. And so, basically, they would have been moving in with me and I would have been working. And I wanted choices. You know, I got divorced at 27 and I really wanted to have more children. But I wanted choices, and I was kind of pragmatic about it. By the time I was in my early 30s, I thought, you know what? I can do everything that I can do if I were married. I can have dogs. I can have a home. I can raise my child. And then I became pretty happy with that. I'm not anti-marriage at all. If I had met somebody really decent who I really cared about, I just didn't want to marry down. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't think that's, the, I don't
0: uh, think that's being I don't really understand I don't, I don't think understand that, the female uh, – because from a guy's perspective, Doris – we fall in love. We don't care if you make more money, less money, whatever. We fall in love or we don't fall in love. I don't really understand the "I'm uh, marrying up. I don't get the uh, marrying with a purpose thing. I don't understand that. I understand that if you want to have kids and she doesn't want to have kids, okay, then we're not a good match. But if you have everything you already want in life, then you should have every guy should be open to you because you don't need more. You can marry purely for love.
4: Yeah, but you know what? I never found anybody I was in love with. I mean, I listen to your show all the time, and I hear about dating and everything. I didn't meet oodles of great guys. Most of the guys I met were kind of average, not as intelligent as I am, not as successful as I am.
0: I mean, you Not know, as modest you as you are?
4: Well, you know what? I'm not modest. Uh, and I that's can tell. A, hey, I, have, I have a great life. I mean, I'm retired now. I own... Uh, several rental properties i've raised my son i have loads of friends i have you know a perfectly wonderful wife i are you right i'm not modest because i've done it on my own i've done it on my own and i'm proud of it so
0: thank you wow i didn't know women were this practical i thought they were the romantic ones and we were the unromantic ones no
2: we're pragmatic
0: (laughs) you can't be pragmatic about love sometimes it's by nature not pragmatic
2: that's right, but there are a number of things, things that make women fall in love with men.
0: Apparently, all of them are money. <laughs> it seems like no. those are all of things. I mean, that's what I got out of her article in the first few phone calls, not changing my mind much about that.
2: It's not just money. It's like being responsible, and that comes along with money. It's being able to take care of the things in your life, and that is tied to money, but that goes both ways.
0: Being responsible, though, but uh, is one thing, but that the guy has to have more than you have so you can marry up? That's cynical. That's just using somebody. That's not loving them. That's, uh, that's just taking from them. James, help me out here. I'm drowning in a sea you know, of greedy you, women.
5: You, you, you know what, Bill? I tell you, this last caller pretty much answered it all. She spoke for the whole deal. That's why rappers who... We, we tend to say, keep it real. That's why they throw the B word around so much. This woman just exposed how women feel. It's about money, this moving up business. Yeah, this love and everything is just a facade. So many women are into, oh, you got to make more money. And that has nothing to do with love. You're saying it all. You have the right idea. Your feelings on it and what you're relating Oh, this is a beautiful subject. Women, you have been exposed.
0: Wow, James, that's bitter, too. But I'm disheartened a little bit to hear that. I am. I'm disheartened. I think that was one person, though. That's
2: not everybody.
0: Here's the reality. Well, it was a couple of women who called. It's the article. It's it's probably a a lot of the 53% of women who are not getting married anymore. But that's not everybody. Just like every man is not a loser who makes less money than the woman. Every man is not going to cheat on you. though. Those aren't true stereotypes either. It's just like every woman is not in it for money. But if we're just going to say, oh, every woman wants money, then we're as bad as the women who are saying, well, but every guy is just going to cheat on me or is going to drag me down and take my money from me. Wow, we got really cynical and ugly, huh? That's why the world is so miserable that's okay though pretty soon we'll all have ebola and it's not gonna matter i'm surprised ebola gets spread given how much we distrust each other and stay apart coming up next 12 ways to be the meanest mom it's just getting happier by the minute well but that could also mean the best mom you could do the opposite of these things be the best mom around
3: wake up and- and feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab my glasses. I'm out the what I'm KFI AM
0: 640. More stimulating talk. I'm Bill Carroll. Dr. Luke is a very well known music producer. Probably the first time I would have any recollection of him as playing guitar in the Saturday Night Live band. Well, it's got to be 20 years ago. Anyway, he's worked with some of the biggest women in the music business. Pink, and Miley Cyrus, and Katy Perry, and the, Rihanna, the list just goes on and on, and Kesha, and she's in the headlines today because there's a lawsuit, and her attorney is a very famous guy, Mark, Mark Garagos of Garagos and Garagos, and we have him on the line right now, uh, alleging years of sex abuse, forced drugging. These are very strong allegations. I'm Bill. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good. Uh, Good to talk to you. It's been too long the
5: uh, uh, allegations, as you call them, uh, the chronicling of the history, so to speak, uh, covers almost a decade. And it's, uh, she's finally at a point where she's healthy enough and strong enough to uh, extricate herself from this situation.
0: So if you can give us the, uh, the basics of it, because I know that's a long time and a long list, but one of the most serious things you're, that you're alleging.
5: Well, the uh, one that uh, I think kind of jumps out at you, which is despicable, is the uh, feeding her alcohol then handing her something that he labeled a sober pill. She's knocked out. She wakes up naked in his bed, sore, and obviously understands that something went on and is distraught. She's uh, very young. She's a teenager at the time. And it's uh, you know, never really felt until recently that had the – the ability to fight back or the leverage to fight back or a position the, and those around her uh, with a sufficient support system to be able to strike
0: back. I understand the next question isn't uh, that it makes a difference whether you're a minor or not at the time. You either consent to sex or you don't. But it, it, it would be more serious if she's a minor. Was she a minor when when this happened? She was clearly under
5: 21. Um, but you can't, uh, especially in our state of California, you cannot consent if, you're, if you've been given any kind of a drug that would knock you out. Consent is withdrawn by virtue of that. So it doesn't matter, minor, adult, or whatever else. As you know, you've probably commented on a couple of the stories in recent years that have been prosecuted in L.A. County where somebody was given a, a date rape drug and then they were um, later prosecuted for that. It's serious.
0: Yeah, Uh, there are a lot of questions. Some of them are kind of uh, psychological and some of them are legal. Let's go with the psychological one because I assume you've had a chance to talk to her about these. What, What made her continue to have a working relationship with someone after she realized what had gone on? What well
5: we, I, I think it's extremely similar based upon my observation, and you know this may be above my pay grade, but um, i 've dealt with domestic violence on both sides of the uh, aisle, so to speak, defending those accused of it and representing those who have been the victims. There is a Kind of a sick symbiotic uh, uh, relationship that develops, and you see it in almost every DV case I see, I handle at least. Um, the accuser inevitably recants, comes back, and and you know we have it. I mean you don't have to look any farther than Ray Rice and uh, and that situation. That is so typical, and it's part of the kind of the dominance and submission and the power and the dependence uh, psychology that goes into it.
0: She believes that at one point she was drugged to the point of almost death. Yeah, and
5: also not just that, but the psychological abuse uh, took such a toll on her that she ended up uh, uh, checking herself into rehab because she thought she was near death. The doctors who, uh, who did the diagnosis of her told her the same. The irony, I suppose, of it is because of the rehab and because of the thousands or hundreds of hours of therapy that she went through, Um, has led her to the point now where she's finally strong enough to take a stand and decide to extricate herself from this relationship, which is obviously toxic.
0: The reaction from Dr. Luke's camp is, hey, we understand she's filed a lawsuit of her own. We haven't seen it yet, undoubtedly. Kesha's lawsuit is nothing more than a continuation of her bad and offensive acts. We are confident that Dr. Luke will prevail in all matters and that our client will be awarded substantial damages for this malicious conduct. You're just trying to get her out of a contract that she doesn't want to be in anymore. It's just about money and nothing to do with anything else.
5: You know, it's so funny about that. We filed the lawsuit yesterday. He immediately, and we filed it in Los Angeles Superior Court, immediately uh, had his lawyers file what I can um, best described as a frivolous countersuit in the New York courts, uh, basically accusing of being a liar and defamation, which by definition, I mean, it's really kind of amateurish. You can't have defamation within a lawsuit uh, that's been filed. But inevitably what will happen is if that'll get transferred to Los Angeles. We'll slap it and uh, end up um, showing that uh, it was nothing more than just a cheap publicity stunt on his part. The, the, uh, ultimate answer to that is uh, to call the bluff. We didn't ask for a specific number of dollars or anything else. She just wants out of this relationship. She wants protection for herself. And remember, when he went and filed that lawsuit yesterday uh, against her in retaliation, guess who else he sued? He sues her mother and her manager, the only two people who have been standing by her and protecting her. So that's exactly as predicted. He, he hewed the course.
0: I have to go because it's news time, and I've I'm, I'm, got to wrap it up here. But I have to ask you, how's Keisha doing? Well,
5: tremendous, actually, given everything that's swirling around her. She's been, uh, I think, uh, a rock, and uh, I admire her for it. So and she's very thankful for all
0: the support she's getting. You always make time for us. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you. Mark Garagos of Garagos & Garagos, uh, and he's representing Keisha in this lawsuit. All right, coming up next, L.A. County moving to be prepared for Ebola. Bill Carroll, KFI AM 640.